Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental service, offering Irish Illustrated listeners $100 off every new home booked for Notre Dame game day weekends. Head to rentlikeachampion.com illustrated and use promo code IRISH2019 at checkout. This is Irish Illustrated Insider. We're wrapping up Notre Dame's Blue Gold game Saturday. I'm Tim Priest with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. We go into this game saying don't read too much into it because the other 14 practices mean more, especially when we had an opportunity to see most of them. But I think that there is a lot to be derived from this game. Um, number one, you know, the offense is way ahead of the defense. We knew that, of course. But I think some people emerged here and um, – I think they, you know, by and large, offensively in particular, they feel pretty good about moving forward. Yeah, I, there's a, we were going to talk about who's, you know, people had a question, who's the starter every position. I, it's, there's never been a more, not never, there's rarely a more clear starting 11 plus the obvious backups to me offensively. I mean, you know who the starting 11 are right now. And Brock Wright is a definitely the backup to... Cole Komet is another guy you can name, and Tony Jones, Brian Kelly has stated multiple times, is the number two running back to Jafar Armstrong. I guess wide receiver, you're not sure exactly how the backups will shake out, but we know that Lawrence Keyes is going to be involved in that, and Josh Lugg is the first man in at center and guard. It's It really is. They're, they're set up well leaving the spring offensively. I mean, it's not unlike the defense last year, where right. like, so how, many how, many, how many open jobs were we talking about on defense last year? It was like, boy, is, is Alohi Gilman going to... F- fit into the defense. Uh, we haven't seen him make that many plays during spring ball. So, I mean, the offense is way ahead of the defense, and it's going to stay that way for the rest of the year. You know, and, until this season ends, the offense will be better than Notre Dame's defense. Um, that's that's not going to change. Um, I think that's fine. It's probably also necessary because for Notre Dame to not make the playoff, but make a run at the playoff, to, for us to be talking about the playoff in November – they're probably going to have to average 40 points a game. Um, this is going to have to be Notre Dame's best offense of the Brian Kelly era, points-wise. And I think that it will be. And when, you know, you look at this, I mean, I think we have to, especially somebody that's been around as long as I have, and the game changes over the course of 37 years. And the whole idea of championship-level defense, can we use that phrase anymore since Oklahoma's been in the playoffs the last couple look, of years? Notre Dame's... Offense last year was the second worst offense to make of a, of any oh, no, playoff no. team in five years, uh, ahead of only Michigan State, which got absolutely trucked by Alabama. Um, so last year, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, not only did they average more points than Notre Dame, they were all well over forty. So that's I think it's just sort of where college football it is. is. No, um, it and is. Notre Dame is getting caught up to that, but. I think that they have the material to get caught up to that in a way that they did not last year. You mentioned championship level defense, and it's going to be playoff re- level. Playoff, I yeah, say. playoff level defense is going to have to be redefined this year because they have played playoff level defense for two years. Yes. They've played nineteen or twenty of the twenty six games the team they played didn't score more than two touchdowns. That wins games. Doesn't mean they don't throw some field goals in there. If you give up two touchdowns at twenty out of twenty six yeah. games, you're going to win nineteen of those, win. and yeah. the loss was Georgia because they were so good at the same thing. You're going to win, and I, you know, I mean, I just think, and I, again, I don't want to read too much into the blue goal game, but from the standpoint, you know, all the practices that were open that we saw, we don't see a lot of the live running game. It's 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 passing. pass, it pass, pass, pass. So you get in the blue goal game, and the three top running backs 
rushed for seven yards of carry. And they look good collectively doing it. <laughs> and look look good doing it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Tony Jones Jr. number two. He better stay healthy. And yeah. He better be physical because Jameer Smith. I mentioned it because they like him still. No, Tim no, Long no doubt, Kelly like no doubt. But I mean, I think everybody comes away yeah. being very impressed with Jameer Smith, not only physicality but but pad level. I mean, Jay, going through the game last night, Jalen Elliott had to take on Jafar Armstrong on a oh, swing yeah. pass, and Jameer Smith. Jalen Elliott was uh, uh, feeling a little stiff. Sunday morning because he had to take he had to absorb a couple shots from the running backs. Do you give Lance Taylor credit for the physicality with which they're playing with? I think so. I mean, I think you have to. Yeah, I mean, I think those running backs were built that way anyway. Um, I don't think they would be any more or less physical if Audrey Jensen was here. Like Jafar Armstrong is actually a really physical dude. He is, um, even though he. I think when the the thought about him being a former high school receiver is oh he's finesse but that's i mean he's a he was a wrestling kid in middle school which is like you don't you don't get any harder than that i um, actually liked him in the recruitment when i had him so high cuz i thought when that guy catches the ball he is huge downfield you know right. I mean, looking like a cj pro size with hands at wide receiver mm-hmm. with that what they all kind of yeah. wanted in him he's he looks for contact at the second level man well i mean i was I was pretty skeptical of Jameer Smith when the spring started and yeah, even when the spring game started. Um, so I, you know, I think you just got to take Saturday at face value with him. If he's, if he's sort of a functional reserve back, they, you know, every good team needs those two. Um, and, and maybe he'll be more than that over the course of his career. But, uh, I was I was surprised to hear from people in the Goog how much they actually liked him, as if what happened on Saturday was not a surprise to anybody who well, was involved inside Notre Dame football. I mean, he looks like he he looks like a just seeing him in uniform, he looks like a quality running back, and then he played like it Saturday. I you know I, I, I the the physicality with which he played, uh, and and Armstrong absolutely is that type of back, but can run away from you a little yes, bit too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's impressive. Now I want to talk about. Um, you know, I thought going over the game, I thought the interior offensive line was very good. It leaves me pretty skeptical about those four defensive tackles right now. You liked I, them all spring, though. Remember? No, you know, no doubt. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. But I don't think that they did a very good job of getting off blocks. For example, those four, and I, I, I don't want to put it all on tackle totals, but those four interior defensive linemen had a total of four tackles. Two of them didn't make a stop, and that was that was Heinish and. Um, yeah, Anderson and, and, and Lacey, yeah, yeah and we all had two sacks. I thought Jarrett Patterson, man, I, I I saw on Saturday what the coaches have been seeing. Not that we haven't seen them in practice, but again, real actual real live running was that was really the first time we saw it to that extent. I thought Patterson was really really good. I think Aaron Banks is the best offensive lineman in the entire starting five. You mean future? You think he'll be the best lineman this year? I think you? he. I think he. Well, or you just think he's the best. I think player. he is right now. Okay. I think he is right now. I think Patterson has a chance to to uh, compete with him there. And Tommy Kramer's a better football player. He just is. The tackles got overrun by the defensive ends, which happens basically in every blue goal game. I don't know if the. Yeah. I don't know if the red jersey. You know, if that plays into it, but they got overrun to an extent much greater than we normally see, and that's because the defensive ends are ridiculously phenomenal by Notre Dame standards. <laughs> they really are. They just are. They're just like Kareem and Okwara are like, Okwara will definitely be a first-round pick, and Kareem will probably be a second-round pick. That That is pretty ridiculous uh, coming out of Notre Dame, considering they've had one defensive player drafted in the last two years. 
you know, when it was Isaac Rochelle in the seventh round? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Teddy Pro. So the fact that Notre Dame has that amount of material, it like their backups are great. Look, it's (laughs) Hazy and Eichenberg are not going to go against better defensive ends than they do in practice all year. This isn't a year of Winovich and Gary uh, and Brian Burns, um, you know, Porter. There's this is not. The schedule doesn't shape up like that at all. Uh, it, it, look, I think Notre Dame's offensive tackles still need to get a lot better. They do, I agree. But it is one situation where it's not good versus good in your evaluating. It's great versus pretty good. And shocker, great is better than pretty good. You think that uh, Hainsey and Eikenberg would be happy not to see Clemson's defensive ends and Aquara and Kareem against Louisville? Yes. Like, this is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> All they get is their last nine months of football I mean, is Clemson, and then those two ends. There was a there was a spin move that Dalen Hayes put on Eichenberg on Saturday that Eichenberg just, I, I mean, it didn't look like there was going to be a lot there, and Hayes just absolutely exploded right past him. And it was something I haven't seen Dalen Hayes really do a lot. Yeah. Um, so if you get to Kareem Okwara, and then you're like, hey, we're going to rotate in Hayes and Ogundeje, I mean, that's his... I, I, and what in what world did are we living where Notre Dame could make an argument like yeah we've got the best defensive end depth chart in the country? I I, I said this to him before. I I know that you know I can I can say you know this is the best in the hit that I've ever. <laughs> but I'm telling you, even during the Lou Holtz days, as good as good as that as great as that defense was, their defensive ends did not go this deep. No, they didn't. And people think those. If I said this to Tim Pryor. People think all those guys you can name and you're thinking in your head right now played together. They didn't. Like Devon McDonald was never there with Frank Stamps. Right. They don't. No. So we're talking about guys yeah, at the when, same time. When your when your third team defensive ends are Justin Adamiola and Jameer Jones, and you have Ovia Gofu, who <laughs> are you? I mean, he's really, really coming on. He had a really, really good spring. Now we're talking about seven guys, and you still have that's why they're going to and Foskey. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just. It's really, really good. Now, having said that, um, I do come out of this a little with concerns a little bit about playmaking, playmaking ability by the interior defensive lineman that Tillery had, and then the the, the linebackers. And I wrote this in in today's tale of the tape of the three positions, including Rover, the hybrid Rover position. The most settled is Rover, which is bizarre to me. It as is well. crazy. But it's true. It's but, true. But, but that's how far Owusu Koromoa has come. Even since after when spring started, I think there was still yeah. a learning curve. But he is playing fast and confident now. And I thought, I mean, Moala and him attacked the line of scrimmage. And again, not to go too heavily on tackle tolls, but look at the list there. Who's at the top of the tackle tolls? The two rovers. I know he had to go to scout team within a month of being here. But this is still going to be his third summer and third August playing rover. Owusu Koromoa. That makes a difference. For a guy that came in as a raw athlete that we all said, we like him. He's obviously got a huge learning curve. Well, that learning curve has hit the point now where he should be able to go play football, and now we'll see if he can do it. He Talking to him, Pete, you and I were over there about the same time yeah, on Saturday, talking to Owusu Koromoa. He just seems confident, and like I, I mentioned like what it was the adjustment for you coming from Mr. Everything in high school. His film was, he would come from 10 yards deep and make plays and stuff. He's like, it prepared me for Rover. I have to be ready for all these things at that position, and what I used to do in high school actually prepared me for it. He, he really feels confident in the position. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of interesting things to come out of that interview. One of them was that when they go nickel, they actually won't go nickel, that Owusu Kormo would yeah. stay on the field. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, like, shift up the defensive line based on personnel, but in terms of 
the linebacker, number of linebackers, number of defensive end, of linemen, number of defensive backs, that sounds like that may not change, that your nickelback might actually be your rover linebacker and you just change up the call or change up the defense. It's something line. we've kind of we've yeah. talked about a little bit, and, I would and still that was remove, something that... You I know you said it, but I would still remove the mic in this situation. Well, so, I just don't even know if that's possible. I, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know why not, <laughs> uh, but it's just like, it just is, that's just not done. Just, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the mic and buck, because I think... There's a concern there. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't see football instincts from Asmar Bilal. I know he's the most experienced. I thought Jen Markeith got lost in the action on Saturday. I thought the best of the, well, Bo Bauer played very aggressively and played really well. Uh, I'm not sure where the coaching staff views him though. I think Shane Simon uh, was the guy that played the most complete game and was the most active among the inside linebackers. I agree with it. Everything that you said on that, um, it was disappointing that Jack Lamb turned his ankle on yeah. Thursday because yeah. I, I wanted to see what what he had. Um, I I would agree that you know Shane Simon did something probably for the first time all spring since I've been there. I've seen I've seen less than you guys that that I came away thinking like okay, there's some good yep. things happening there because I thought talking to people at Notre Dame, I think midway through spring they were just like it's not quite happening as fast as we thought it would happen uh, with him. And I think unlike, you know, the situation with Phil Dracovic with Simon, they can't wait. They, no, they, they no, need something to happen right yeah. now. Um, and maybe something happened on Saturday. Well, the Rover days are, are the Rover days are over for Simon. And, and that's good. And I, and I think that they found something that they can build upon. Uh, I would agree with you, Pete. I, I have not seen him hit like that and be that aggressive and that productive. Um, so that's a really good sign. They need Drew White back. They need Jack Lamb back. It's still unsettled. That's why I say, of all those three spots, Rovers the most settled as they exit the spring. Yeah, they 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 like what they have. And, and <laughs> to me, Jack Kaiser is still theoretical. But when Clark Lee's the guy that offers the theory, it's different. Yeah, right. It's not us standing around and saying that. Oh, yeah, he might be able to help out. It's he went to great lengths well, to talk about him. In the same way, talk. You said Kaiser or Lamb? Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Did he, I say Lamb? He, no, but, I, I, but I'm yeah. think I'm, I yeah. was I had both on my mind there, and I, because he likes them both, that's why Lamb's not theoretical. Lamb is a player, but I, I mean, he has to kind of be accelerated in that he's a second year guy that didn't have a first year, and he's got to hold up at inside linebacker for twelve games. It's but he's a football. I mean, he's a good player. He's his instincts are there. He's long. He's an athlete. Mm-hmm. He's a tackler. I just think Jack Lamb's best of the next two years certainly will not be 2019. It will clearly be in 2020, right? Yeah. It, same with Shane Simon. No, no doubt. Same but, with Osu Cormo. But, I, but <laughs> I, if, if Shane Simon could build upon what he did on Saturday, I think he can threaten. I think he can. Man, I, you know, I don't know if I should say that. I think can threaten Bilal because I don't know. You know, I'm sure that Clark Lee wants all that experience in the lineup. But man, he played well. I, have we we haven't mentioned? We're gonna, I want to wrap up this segment because it's running a little bit long. We haven't mentioned the quarterbacks on purpose because be so many questions there's a bunch of questions on them in segment two. But I did want to say, and actually there probably is a question on Derek Allen. He did play very physically. And I don't know that we're going to get to uh, uh, Timato Agoro, but I don't think you can shut the door on that guy being a contributor in the secondary. He played with so much confidence and so much aggressiveness on Saturday. He's going to be a senior. He's been around. He believes that he can play. I don't think that that I don't think the opposite cornerback position is settled enough just 
to, um, to rule out a walk-on. Whether he's a walk-on or not, or who he was recruited by, I think he's a guy that's a factor at cornerback for Notre Dame. Certainly, he's on the depth chart, no doubt. Which is which is saying something yeah. for any walk-on. I mean, yeah, it, you're it right. Just doesn't will, happen. You a will lot. see his name in the I mean, original had, depth chart. He had comes three out. pass breakups. He had six tackles. He was aggressive. He walked around that football field. If you didn't know, if you didn't know point. who the projected starters are, you would say Pride and Agaro were the are the starting corners. I mean, that's how he carried himself Saturday. This is he was good enough that if they have a scholarship to give it. They, he would get it. Yeah, yeah no, no, doubt. no doubt. Yeah, yeah. no so. doubt. All right, segment two, questions coming up. Coming up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We welcome our new sponsor, Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest weekend home rental service where Irish Illustrated Insider listeners can get $100 off all new rentals for the 2019 football season when you head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated and use promo code IRISH2019 at checkout. First question from at Shane0607, did you think Ian Book regressed this spring? From what? From, no, from being... I did not. I did not think he did. He did not regress. No. Uh, I don't what, know. What is that notion? Well, I mean, I, I maybe he's just asking. I maybe, I maybe he class F empty question. <laughs> I, right. I, I don't know. No, I don't think Ian Book regressed this spring. I think he's. I mean, I don't know how much better he is from last fall. He did hit. You know, we've said this over and over again. The last couple of weeks, he hit deep balls. He. I don't know if you necessarily. Call that forty-three yarder to Claypool. A you know, it, was, nice it wasn't a post. I mean, it was a the deep ball. Yeah, I mean, it was a deep ball. He kind of kind of back shouldered it, but he threw that pass better. He did not regress in any way. I thought his confidence level. I thought he was, I thought he was captain of the ship on Saturday. He was in charge of the football field when he was on the field with the offense. So he's, no, I do not believe that he regressed. He's better. He's a better quarterback than what we saw at the end of last season. He's a better quarterback than what we saw in the middle of last season when he was, like, really dealing it. Um, I just I think don't... physically, I mean, we talked to him after the game. Like, I never would have said, you look like you were in the weight room a bunch. But he is physically yeah. more put together than he was last year, which he needs to be to, to make it through 13 games. I wish there had never been a notion after that game put out there by anybody in the world that Ian Book wasn't going to be Notre Dame's starting quarterback and yeah. leading player. Yeah. Well, that's... Who that's, put it out? I don't know. It's, it's No one at Notre Dame? No. Or an Irish illustrator of The Athletic. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like, make any sense. Here's what I would say, because we're going to get into Phil Dracovic here in a second. I, I spent some time talking to people in Phil Dracovic's camp on Friday and Thursday of last week, because I knew I was whatever happened on Saturday, I was going to write about Phil Jacoby. You, pray, you prayed for no injury the entire yeah, time. Yeah, right? just like <laughs> other than that, as long as he came through healthy, I was going to write about Phil Jacobic and what it what it's like to sort of go through the process when everybody is watching it, because that is hard to do, and he's struggling with it. But in in the course of that, I definitely drilled down to the point where I am comfortable saying that people around Phil Jacobic. Did not expect Phil Dracovic to beat out Ian Book or even approach Ian Book, to challenge Ian Book. Phil Dracovic is there to learn from Ian Book. 
So if if that is the perspective of your number two quarterback, the notion that he was this was going to be a quarterback competition is just not grounded in any sort of reality whatsoever. Let me just say, and we're, gonna, we're we have a bunch of questions on him, but I want to pop back to to Ian Book here real real quickly. Uh, you know, they talked, uh, Flutie talked about, uh, you know, Kelly and, and Long wanting Book to step up in the pocket a little bit more. I still think that he needs to do that. He's so good at that little spin move and avoiding and running wide. And then once he can turn the corner and square his shoulders a little bit, he's pretty good. But if you have an edge rusher that's pressing him mm-hmm. and he keeps going further and further and further backwards, that's that's not good. So I think he, I think he still needs to find that spot to step up. It's not always there, of course. Right, I mean, you can right. say step up, but if it's not there, you don't step up. Well, it wasn't there against Notre Dame on third down last year, which is why they're... Third down pass rush was right, so good. There right. was nowhere to step but, up. But I think that sometimes he bails out and is retreating yeah. too much, and 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 now you're now it becomes a negative because you're throwing 12, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. One thing I'd say, I would like him to look for Cole Komet more uh, than he did. There well, were, that's what they uh, Kelly they, forced him right. to do it at there the end of the first half. There was a play, I think it was in the first half, where they got Komet one-on-one against D.J. Brown, and there wasn't anybody within. Like, D.J. Brown was not five yards within him. And even if he was in with in five inches from Cole Komet, I would still throw that pass. And I think Book scrambled and may, maybe threw to the flat, maybe he didn't. But, like, to to see the tight end a little bit better would be something yeah. where I think yes. he can improve. Yes. Um but he's he has come a long way with the everything else, the 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 big stuff that people were harping on when, at the end of last year. When Cole Komet, I mean Cole Komet is a majestic looking athlete. You tweeted out, Pete, something about down the seam, a guy that can go down. And I, I mean, that's absolutely the pass that when Book threw a little bit high and he, you know, had to make a twisting catch, he didn't come up with it. But just yeah. watching that big, talented, fast athlete. And that agility with the ball in the air, yeah, I think that's a good point, Pete. I, he, they do have to. You have to kind of force feed him a little bit at times because he's a really, really inviting target, and you need to go ahead and do it. Fresh sixteen nineteen during the broadcast, NBC mentioned Coach Lee coaching linebacker differently than last year. Last year was funneling tackles to Coney and Tranquil. This year, funneling the ball to the flank, so the fast but inexperienced linebacking core can think less and just run and chase. Seems inspired by Coach Lee and makes sense why a guy like Simon moves inside. Do you? Does this make you higher, lower, or no change in your opinion of the linebackers getting it done against top competition this year? I don't look at just linebackers. I, I well, so my answer would be lower because I because you're you're saying well, and it's obvious you're not as strong up the middle, and you need to be strong up the middle. Without Tillery, Tranquil, and Coney up the middle, you're worse. You're. Yes, I mean you're. I, I mean, no, they've regressed that, up no, the middle. I'm, I'm, yeah, they've they've regressed up the middle. So, to me, it's not so much. I, I know it sounds good to say that you're playing to the strengths of your linebackers because they can run, but what in reality, it, in reality, what it is is you're not as good up the middle of your defense, and that's a bad thing. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. It's it's good that Clark Lee is figuring out, okay, let's play to a strength, even if I have to squint right. to find yeah. what that strength right. is. Um, but the best linebacker cores are the ones that make all the tackles. Right. And Notre Dame's might and, not be like that. And if you're funneling everything outside, you're opening yourself you up for a little bit <laughs> for, for more bigger plays. And remember last year how I... Pissed and moan about how they were getting beat up the middle. Well, they were funneling up the middle, and right. so, you know, I mean, so the offense is looking at 
the middle of the field and this is where we need to go with it. And also, when when Tranquil, when they were in nickel and Tranquil was playing outside the box, what are you going to do as an offense? You're going to attack. The, you're going to try to attack the middle because because Tranquil's not in the box. It's there's there's nothing you can come away with in the spring where you come back to and say, hey, you know what? They really shored that up without Tillery, Coney, and Tranquil. I think I think everything's fine there. It's just not. <laughs> it, it wasn't realistic that it was going to be. I think Pete, you mentioned before, like maybe it was the first podcast of the spring. They knew this day was coming. Yeah, it is here. Right, the, the, day, of, <laughs> the day of reckoning. Yeah. Well, and fortunately, it didn't come last year when Tillery and Coney and yeah. Tranquil all decided to return because it would have come. It would have come last. It would have come last year. Yeah, there would have been no playoff. Uh, yeah, that next year's defensive tackles and linebackers will be better in 2020 than they are now. It is a guarantee. It is a virtual. It is an absolute guarantee that the interior defensive line and the linebackers will be better next year. I mean, in, in two years, in 2020, they right. need. They barely played, and now they're all at new positions. Right. That's college football, yeah. man. It's a rotation. That's how That's how it works. Statman72, if the gap between Ian Book and Phil Dracovic is as wide as it appeared Saturday, will Chip Long need to alter his play calling to limit the risk of Book being injured? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, he can't <laughs> alter anything to limiting Book in certain games, for sure. I mean, they need everything out of Ian Book, all 40 points Pete's talking about on the table against mm-hmm. six, seven, eight teams. I would hope Ian Book doesn't run a lot against Bowling Green and New Mexico, right? Don't yeah. take a Northwestern shot against those teams and against. But it, you, he has to play his game aggressively. I mean, that's why he's good. Is he's a pretty he's a good quick runner too. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I also feel like one of the, one of the areas where Book I think can progress the most is, is it's not the the deep ball and the physical stuff. It's understanding what's coming from the defense, where it's coming, when it's coming, how quickly it's coming. I don't think he did. A great job of that at the end of last season. Um, I think he'll be much better this year, and if he is, then he can protect himself better yeah. from really getting blown up. But like the offense doesn't function with Book running it twelve times the way that it did with with Wimbush. That's just not how things are supposed to work. Yeah, Chris Sims. There was one time where he scrambled, and you know how he'll he'll get flush and he'll sprint to the sideline. Mm-hmm. And maybe gain one, two, three yards. Chris Sims suggested maybe throw those away as opposed to taking a hit. Of well, you're going to take a hit Saturday, but in a game situation, taking the hit is it worth it to run that hard to the sideline and gain three yards, or would it be better just to throw the football away? Point is taken. Um, but he's he is good. <laughs> he he is a good scrambler. He mm-hmm. I mean they partly part of the reason why they scored late against. Late in the first half against USC, and were able to pull that game out, was because of of his scramble with a broken rib for twelve yards to give him a first down score before the end of the half. So it is part of it is part of the game. It's a good question. I, I don't think that you need to run as much read option against Bowling Green in New Mexico. Maybe not even Louisville at a certain point, but you still got to play your game. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you can't. And as a, as offense coordinator, you've got to play to the strengths of your quarterback, and you can't dial that back too much, even at the risk of. Of going to very you know inexperienced backup quarterback. At B Man 2017, Phil Dracovic did not have trouble spinning the ball last year. Do you think the change to his throwing motion is causing him to palm his throws, and the wobbling will be fixed over the summer and in the fall camp, or is this a big problem? Um, wow. Um, you know the ball still sailed a little bit with his old throwing motion. Uh, it was longer. It was more of a three-quarter delivery than over the top. I did think it got there better, though. It did. No, yeah. it did. I'm, get, I'm yeah. getting that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm yeah. getting that. And so now it's shorter. 
that one pass that he threw over the middle into the end zone where it was an end zone shot and the nose was down as it was as it was going to the receiver I, it's look it's it's just problematic there's not an easy solution the biggest problem is that muscle memory gets in the way um you know but he has changed his motion now sometimes he's pushing the football because it's so short I don't know, man. I don't. I don't have the answer. Uh, Tom Reese doesn't have the answer. Um, you know, because it's one thing we had other questions about this. It's one thing to to point it out, but to get the quarterback to actually execute it and get a feel for it, it may come. Sometimes it doesn't. Pete, do you know from the story how many times he changed it in high school? Because he referenced it. Yeah, I mean, he did. Like the throwing motion, I'm not sure if he changed. I mean, he did change it. He um, said he said yeah. he did. So his sophomore year, the ball, like when he would back be back to to pass his motion, the ball would drop down to his hip sometimes, and then he had this big looping wow. delivery. Um, so his footwork was terrible in high school. According this is according to his high school quarterback coach, uh, and it got better as a junior and it got better as a senior. That. I mean, I think one of the issues with Jacobic is that there are multiple issues here where, one, it's just the mechanics, it's the footwork, but it's also like the way he likes to play quarterback is very high risk, high reward. Uh, when he And apparently as he was a younger player, the coaches, the coaches absolutely went nuts about it in high school because they're just like, what are you doing? The old gunslinger phrase. <laughs> right, so it's like the gunslinger guy who's pumping out interceptions and turnovers, but... As he got to be a junior and a senior, he those throws got completed more and more often, and suddenly he's you know the the most prolific quarterback in Western PA recent memory. Um, his high, his high school quarterback coach said also one of the things is like if you want the best out of Phil, you've got to let Phil be Phil, and I don't know if Notre Dame's going to do that. So that's that's well, a, I, I mean there's I a lot there's a lot to yeah you know, we already have evidence that they're not by yeah. by the change of the 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 throwing motion. I feel like. If Book were to get hurt, or let's just say Book gets hurt against Louisville, they would let Phil be Phil in that game. It's like then I then I worry about all right, let's let's keep fixing everything you need to do. Let's get this. You gotta you gotta run this offense correctly, but you can't put him out there and ask him to run the Ian Book offense right now. No, absolutely not. It's got to be a different well, situation. But it's, I mean, in some ways, did. Didn't they ask Brandon Wimush to run Ian Book's offense last yes, year? Yes, they we did. All, we all watched. We all watched what that it. Like. I know they can't. It's not a thing that can. I'm, so, I'm, so, I mean, I'm the notion bang of your like, head and don't do it again. Yeah, it's just it's, like the notion of they're going to tailor the offense around the player sounds good. There's on a no podcast, evidence of it. But, I wanted to see it though. Yeah, you'd have to. You think, right? That's well, why I meant about injury because he'd be right. the guy. Yeah, not like he's going in and they're right, going to change it. Right, right. Well, then Brandon then. You know, Brennan Clark comes into play too. His is a very short, quick, powerful throwing motion. We'll get to that <laughs> later in the summer. One more, que- one more Jerkovic question from from uh, at Way to Go K Man. Do you think the staff will make an effort to get Jerkovic more game reps this year, especially against New Mexico and Bowling Green? Yes. I, I, make your point, Pete, yeah. about the need last year. La- to- last year, I feel like people around Jerkovic, there was a missed opportunity that Notre Dame had because they could not take care of their business against Ball State and Vanderbilt. And that sort of, rele- it's essentially relegated Jerkovic to not just a, a redshirt season, but like sort of a lost mm-hmm. freshman season. Now, would he have been appreciably different on Saturday if he had played one and a half quarters um, 
I don't I don't know. That's maybe. It, but it certainly would have helped them. I mean, doesn't every coach getting up there and be like, oh, getting experience for the young guys yeah. is critical. They And I think Notre Dame missed that with Dracovic last well, year. And then you have to, uh, you got to let him throw a little bit. I mean, even if you're up 40, you you got yeah. you have to let him throw a little bit or run, or actually run the offense to get any real meaningful experience. Uh, something a little bit different here, the Salty Jazz 14. Just a few over-unders. Somewhat inspired by the Blue Goal game. First one is Jafar Armstrong, 1,200 yards from scrimmage in, wait, he says 2020. I think he probably means 2019. He means 2019, I'm sure. Or did he mean uh, 2,020 yards from scrimmage? (laughs) No. No. He and I are pointing high to the ceiling over the over uh, right now. Well, I, I, I wrote, I mean, I think you could theoretically make an argument for 1,500 yards combined rushing receiving. I put out a if he had 200 carries at 5.7 yards per carry and 35 receptions at, I don't know, eight, eight, <laughs> it was like 8.7 or something, it, it'll, yeah. it'll get you. <laughs> well, I didn't expect you to be able to add it up to multiply and then add up. It, but that would get you like around right at 1,500 yards. I think it I think it can happen. I, you know, if Tony Jones is healthy and – if if Jameer Smith plays like we saw, he's capable of playing on Saturday. It may make it a little bit more difficult, but theoretically, yes, I think he's capable of being above that. We're all saying theoretically over. The one thing I'll say is, if the offense is great, he could catch like sixteen passes because the wide receivers and Cole Komet and everybody else is doing stuff. Yeah. And he could have just as big of an impact in the passing game because. He catches one ball against yeah. Ball State and who, five against Georgia. Who, you was, know? who was covering him on that pass that he caught where Jalen Elliott tripped it? Was anyone covering him? No. Well, and that's why the the checkdowns are. I mean, those are those are such gimme yards with him. You you can you can check down to him two three times yeah, a game. He could easily catch thirty passes. I'm just saying, yeah. if everything is clicking, not everybody can catch thirty. Yeah, no, <laughs> no doubt. The numbers no go doubt. away, and then you mix in some downfield stuff to yeah. him too. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oquara Kareem, 17 sacks combined, over or under? If you had eliminated Kareem, <laughs> then we could have a discussion. <laughs> yeah, well, I it was interesting, it though, that Kelly said the other day about 27 missed miss sacks by Oquara. And there's a real fine line. That's why he had 150 pressures. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and I get it, because there's a real fine line between get after the quarterback, but also, I mean, being under control when you get within the, the the confines of the quarterback to be able to you know break down and make a yeah. make a play. It's going to come a long way from 2016 when it was like, well, you know, we just don't have that one guy who can get pressure. It's going to have to be more collectively as a group. And I don't know if Notre Dame we're going to have a yeah. a ten sack guy. Was yeah, it the, game five? They got the first sack. Uh, it was against Duke. Was that four. the fifth game? That was the fourth game. That's fitting. Morgan. fitting too. Yeah, that 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 sucker's going over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, door slash kicker to be named later. 60% on field goals? That's 12 to 20 for a season is what you're kind of looking at here. Well, that's, that's, those aren't real high aspirations. They for aren't. A kicker. So I will go over 60% because uh, he'll just be, unless he gets benched at one for five or something, but he would have to be benched. And then, well, I basically, if he, he'd be 20% then, but I'm saying if he plays the year, <laughs> I bet he gets there. I think he'll be under. You think he'll be under 12 for 20? 12, that's like the logical number, 20 field goals. You know? I, yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't know what I agree with both of you. <laughs> uh, what? Well, yeah, no, from the I, I, fifty-nine no, to sixty-one. Well, I, I disagree with one of you. Then yeah. uh, um, I agree with. I both do. Of us too. I do. Th- I do like what he did at the end of spring. 
you may not have you I don't think you saw some of that Pete but I mean he slowed his he slowed everything down he his steps to the ball was were it wasn't shorter quite as... right now he was on Saturday he was real slow because nobody's rushing I get that but by slowing his mechanics and shortening his steps he's better and the right to left is not as exaggerated as when he's really trying to to rush his way through you know how we said the defensive tackles and inside linebackers won't be as good as the guys they're replacing? <laughs> the kicker and the punter will not be as good as the oh, guys they're replaced ever I, at any point in their careers. It's the way the world is working I, right now. I think that the, uh, the the door kicker to be named later, the, the more interesting over-under to me is like field goals attempted. Because Harrison Leonard? No. Oh. No, just, going just for it on going fourth down in the red fourth, zone or in the, down. you know, 30 at the... Opponent 35, yeah, 30. I mean, basically, I think Brian Kelly always goes for it from basically your the around the the forty five to the thirty five is always going to go for it. Is the does it, is that now the forty five to the twenty five? Would you go for it at the twenty? Uh, so no, I think well, I think once you get inside, yeah. you know, thirty five, thirty seven yard attempt, I think you can feel so the twenty. Yes. So the forty-five yeah. to the thirty-five would now yeah. be the forty-five to the twenty. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah, because if not, you can't have a kick. You can't have as your kicker. You would have to try. You would have to assume Harrison. There's Lennon no way. I mean, if Notre Dame's at the thirty and it's fourth and three, I think they're going to go for it. I well, agree. and plus, you. I mean, you like you love your offense. You, your yeah. your offense is is peaking now in the yes. ten years of Brian Kelly. So. Plus, analytics show that you should go for it. Right. Nowadays, you should have been doing it anyway. Yeah, you should have been doing it all the time. <laughs> so you might as well start doing it now. Yeah, I think all yeah. of college football is yeah. definitely going in, in that direction. Um, oh, he, this guy told us that he... Is it Rymas? Yeah, and I don't think that's how you pronounce it, though. I'm just Joe, saying. I'm sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> and I thought I remembered it. Joseph Ramaz, I think it might be, but I'm probably wrong. With so many questions and uncertainty surrounding the linebacker position, the nickel situation, and Houston Griffith, how confident are you... In this offense's capability of putting up five to six touchdowns per game, that's a good question to follow up yeah. with because what do you think? <laughs> uh, pretty confident. Yeah. I'm really confident in the offense. It's, but the one-dimensional power-heavy offense averaged 35, right, 2017? So I think they, they, had, they, down. they were 34.2 on the nose twice. It was, uh, they two, went from 40 to 34.2 in those last three 20, games? I think, believe 2015 and 2017. They were, yeah, well, with, with Book, was it was 36.6, I want to say. But 31, 32 for the year. Okay. Um, uh, regular season. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they get dragged down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty confident. Um, I also think that this, this is sort of one of those things you need to keep in context. This will be the best scoring offense Notre Dame has had, but it absolutely needs to be if your real expectation is to like make a run at the playoff. Right, it, right. Um, it, the you defense will be better than 2015, 2016, which was a damn jailbreak every week. You know, I mean, that, that yeah. was crazy, but... Not, not as good as the last two years. No, not that's even, the two-touchdown no, level not, I don't think they'll yeah. make. I kind of wrote about that before the spring. That's the bar. That's the benchmark right now. It's two com- TDs. You win the game if you allow twenty seventeen and twenty three points. You know, you're, you're especially. I mean, a real team. Not everybody wins the game, but a real team yeah, can win those games. Those, yeah, opponents are. They're going to. Well, again, not fully knowing the opposing offenses yet. Um, but they're. I mean, they're just. You cannot be in college football unless you're Alabama, Clemson, maybe one or two other schools. You just, the, I mean, the replacing Tillery Coney 
Tranquil, Love, even Bonner, who was a fifth-year guy. Well, he would start. Who used his, yeah, <laughs> who used his, right, yeah. who used his hands really well. I mean, even. Who played well in the Cotton Bowl, by the way, poor guy. Jonathan Bonner absolutely <laughs> did. Like, it's one of those guys that's going to be totally did. forgotten. Uh, question from Gerard. Do you guys anticipate Derek Allen moving from Rover, uh, moving to Rover this coming summer fall? I like the question still because of his, he kind of flashed in the blue goal game physically. But they wouldn't have moved Moala, I don't think, if this was an option because they were both backup safeties entering the spring. And if the Jack Kaiser thing is true, then I don't see them moving him because then he's buried. Um, Pete, you have a good comment about safeties. Oh, that you need a backup? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said yeah, it. I was like, yeah. That, you can't. Easier. I mean, you just can't move them now. You've got two coming in, yeah. a really good one in Kyle Hamilton. and Develop him at safety into a safety that is a very sure tackler, and if he struggles in coverage but he's a great tackler eventually, then he's a great tackling safety. I will tell us uh, from talking to someone really close to Kyle Hamilton that, I mean, the expectation is he's going to learn both safety positions and the nickel, and then they're just going to figure out where he can be deployed right. best. So that means he's going to be deployed somewhere. I keep hearing, I mean, I fully believe what you're saying there. I keep hearing different opinions about what they're going to do with Kyle Hamilton as it relates to the nickel. I mean, I, you know, I think all things being equal, they would love to just put him at safety and let him be a safety, right? Yeah. And not, you know, not worry about that. Just be a great safety. I think that's the best case scenario. If And if Sean Crawford can give you uh, 12 snaps a game on third and 10, because you... No matter what they're doing with the rover, the buck, or the mic at nickel, if it's third and eleven, I want Sean Crawford covering a healthy Sean Crawford covering someone in the slot, not a linebacker. Yeah. So, but you know, maybe when it's third and six nickel, which they would go to Nick Coleman or Houston Griffith last year, they won't this year. Yeah. That's kind and of Avery Davis. Doing. I mean, it's just you know we saw Joe Wilkins spin away from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I like the fact that they're looking for Avery Davis to find a place, but I don't know why you think that his first year at nickel would be better than what Nick Coleman did last remi- year. I mean, doesn't it kind of remind you? You know, I mean, the poor kid's a, he's a quarterback, and then he's playing yeah. running back and receiver last year, and he's hes not, you know, you're saying he's not good enough. Okay, they, they, they can't keep giving him reps, and it's almost like he's at the same place defensively now, too, that, you know, you want to give him an opportunity, you need, you need a little bit of help, but he's just not sure whether he's ready for that. Now, this, the sample size of spring is a little bit unfair, but... Well, if he could run and hit like they think he can and say he can, he can start on the special teams. And yeah. He's, he's, playing, he's, yeah, he's, he's had 15 practices. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, yeah, it's like, totally unfair to expect it. I get right, that, right. but no, I'm yeah. But you I, need I'm not writing to, him off. You know? saying, you do. You need. There's an opening, and it's just I can't <laughs> imagine having him be the nickel against Georgia. <sighs> Panthers 23 at season's end. Do you think Asmar Bilal will have more than 90 tackles? Which linebacker will be second to Bilal, or maybe another linebacker leads that position group in tackles? Kind of goes back to our yeah. talk about all this. Uh, like, I could, I gotta go under. On I that gotta one. go under too. You gotta accomplish it first for me to believe it possible. I, and then I, it's like, do you, is he even on the field all the time? Like, is he rotating out? Um, I just, it's. Will a linebacker get ninety tackles? I don't even think that's gonna happen. That's, that's the better question for me. I think I like the question, but I want to. What, I want okay, to upon what it. linebacker <laughs> is most likely to get ninety tackles? I mean, I guess Bilal because he'd be the starting. He's announced as the starting Mike maybe, right now, right? But maybe it's maybe it's Jack Lamb. Maybe it's a Wusu Kormoa. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of plays made. That's a lot yeah. of plays made from the rover position. You know, but I, think I think that would be a good thing, though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, it would I mean, be. Yeah, yeah. It would <laughs> be. I'm <laughs> saying you're just on the edge. That's a yeah. lot of plays to make on the edge. but They're funneling everything to the edge. Doesn't that make <laughs> you feel more confident in everything? <laughs> it's easy now. Just tackle them outside the whole yeah. time. That's a good question, though. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. 
That's not a question we were asking last year, though. You don't have your questions up. Yeah. So I'll ask yeah. uh, CMU Pence fan, how would you rate the starting offensive line play on Saturday? The defensive line had a field day, but was that more a case of how good the defensive line is or does the O-line have a ways to go? I want to just preface by saying I think there are, I think there are two answers within this question. I think there's three. Okay. The offensive line. <laughs> four. 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 How many? Pete, you get the fourth. The offensive line was better all spring than they were in the blue goal game. That's number one. Number two, the first string offensive line is a hell of a lot better than the second string offensive line, which is a bunch of freshmen and red is a bunch of high school kids and redshirt freshmen. Yes. So they are not going to block anyone on Notre Dame through August, effectively. They are going against the best backup defensive ends in the country. And the best backup backup defensive ends that I can imagine being in the country, even though I don't know anyone's roster. Is that is that three answers? <laughs> That's three. Offense first string is different than okay. second string, and they were offensive line right. one. Top that. Uh, I <laughs> you need a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I thought the offensive line from like I missed some practices, but I thought from start to finish they looked pretty good. Yeah. For just, I, just not the finish. That was yeah. that was the worst I've seen the tackles play during spring. Therein lies my two answers to um, questions. <laughs> like the questions. The to interior question. three, I thought, were good every time that I saw them. Um, so I have confidence that they're going to, like Notre Dame, going to have a pretty good vertical running game that maybe people will be complaining a little bit less about those stuffs up the middle this year. Um, the the backups are, it, are high school kids, as you said. Here's another way to look at it. A year from now, Everyone who played in the spring game on the offensive line will be back. They will return all ten members of the two D. Right. That's like Rulin didn't play, so I'm right. not, I'm yeah. not counting right. him. Yeah. Um, so next year, next year we'll probably be talking about that second team defensive line guy. Is that a concern? Because the well, second team offensive line that, just ran him over. Ex- ex- which is why I okay. My answer to this is I thought the interior offensive line played well Saturday which is what led to my concern about the defensive mm-hmm. tackles and getting off blocks and just making plays. Um, the One tack- more the thing, tackles were, were terrible Saturday. They were <laughs> terrible Saturday. They were awful. But they weren't awful all spring, right? right? No, say, no, they, okay. no, they weren't Not awful. It's the blue goal game, too. Yeah, it... it, it That's probably the said, first time Okwara cared all spring. Yeah, it, all of a sudden they realized, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's just I, and, and then the red jersey, I don't know, but they're, it's, it's, they're always coming off the edge in the blue goal game, and then the refs are blowing the whistle, which, you don't, which yeah. doesn't give you a realistic... But I really like the interior offensive line. I, I think those three guys I'm really... I mean, I was, I was here. I am in my basement watching the game, and I'm kind of yelling out loud at watching Jared Patterson. My wife's out of town, you know. I mean, it's, just, it's me and the dog, okay? So, but only a little bit better. I mean, I mean, I, you know, Jared Patterson like kind of had me out of my seat a couple times because he's really fundamentally good, and and I don't. Did you ever really see that during the other spring practices? I don't, no, I don't know that you had. We had because you got to watch. I, I've when I watch offensive line play, like live, I very rarely am able to like come away being like, "Yes, that happened" or "That didn't happen." I need replays and yes, slow I it do. down. Yes. And because I I watched Jared Patterson a little bit live on Saturday, and I was like, "Okay, I think I like what I'm seeing." But then, but you then might, I watch the replay, yeah. and you slow it down, and you speed up, and I'm like, "Okay, now I really like what yeah. I'm seeing." Yeah. Did you, but I didn't yell. You didn't yell about it. Well, I've been drinking at that point. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine if you were. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Last question I want you to ask it. All right. <laughs> At Superman. <laughs> dot. 
who are the projected starters heading to fall camp at all positions? <laughs> Would you like heights and weights in high school and hometown Box as well? Score and scoring summaries. <laughs> Uh, okay. You included it. <laughs> I know. I know. I just wanted to, I just wanted to make fun a little I bit. I mean, the, but... o- the offense is pretty obvious, right? Yep. I mean, all 11 are locked in. Book, Armstrong, Claypool, Fink, Young, Komet. The five. And the five offensive linemen. Defensively, where is, I think O'Carr and Kareem are going to start. Well, the starting defensive line, we know that set. with MTA and, and, and Heinish. I think the corners are set. No matter how much Houston Griffith may have struggled at times, probably oh, for the true. opening game, yeah, he'll right. start. Rover yeah. set yeah. with a Wusu Safeties, obvious. Safeties, Safeties are, obvious. are set with Elliott and Gilman. So Buck and Will and Mike are our, and it's probably going to be Asmar Bilal at Mike. Probably for the opener. For yeah. the opener, yeah, yeah. And All right, I'll go Jack Lamb. I would go Jack Lamb too. Um, right um, now, but I mean, I'll it's throw a, a vote in it's for, April. Um, for uh, Jordan Jenmar Keith, I guess. Because, I, I mean, I, I think Simon could play there, um, but it seems like they're trying to make him a Mike at this point. Yeah. Is that sort of the, the vibe that you yeah, get? Yeah, but, Bo man, Bauer I mean, if, well in that it, last game, the Blue Hole game, but I hadn't seen that all spring from Bo No, Bauer. and it didn't. I mean, they didn't. I'm not saying, you know, they, they didn't give him a chance, but they don't, there's something that, about Bo Bauer's game that they don't seem that to they like, don't, are, no, they, they don't seem like they're interested in giving him a chance. Right. Well, I think they like Shane Simon's athletic ability in the modern game. Yeah, at Mike, right? You got to play forward and backward. I think yeah. Bo Bauer is a forward only. Player. Yeah, absolutely. Shane Simon was very, very encouraging Saturday. So that's that's something to build on. Uh, today is April fifteenth, correct? We are actually for once, <laughs> for the first time in weeks, going to have just one podcast. It'll be a week from today, April twenty second. Uh, on that day, we will wrap up anything that was left over from from the end of spring. And that's uh, NFL Draft Week, which will which we will have much more to to talk about beginning uh, now that spring is over. I'm looking forward to looking more into opposing teams. So when I say I think Notre Dame's going to go ten and two, <laughs> I actually know about the opposing teams. You know what's funny about the NFL Draft Week is we're going to still be talking about defensive tackles and inside linebackers in a corner from Notre Dame. Well, there's no that's doubt. I mean, you know, and we've said that all along. It's going to spill in August and probably probably September at least. So that's just that's college football. That's the way it is. It's it's ro- uh, rotating guys. And look, all things considered, with Notre Dame coming off a 10 win and a 12 win season, that they're in the situation they are in. Notre Dame football is on solid ground right now. The recruiting's going very well. They're recruiting a level of player that they don't always recruit. Uh, not saying that they're going to make the playoffs because I think it's difficult to do that with the linebacker situation the way it is and the loss of talent defensively. But Brian Kelly's got it going on right now with his coaching staff. Agreed? Agreed. Right, so being a program, not a team. A, there's only one answer to that question. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> it is, it's, a, it's a program now and not just a team. We'll be back a week from today. Thanks for joining us. Rent Like a Champion is the best way for Irish fans to stay on game day. With over 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium, listeners can get $100 off all new rentals for the 2019 season when you head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated and use promo code IRISH2019 at checkout. 